Hello sci-fi fans, this is Robert Duncan McNeil from Star Trek Voyager, the Delta Flyers podcast, and Resident Alien on Sci-Fi Channel. You are listening to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Isaac Asimov once said, individual science fiction stories may seem as trivial as ever to the blinder critics and philosophers of today. But the core of science fiction, its essence has become crucial to our salvation. Tell me how many lights you see. Ah! Ah! This is how Liberty dies. With thunderous applause. Game over, man. Game over. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And good evening. I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. I'm Chrissy Raffensperger. And I'm Dave Sellers. And tonight we have an exciting show for you. We're going to be sharing the interview that Miles and Dave had a chance to uh, do at Shore Leave this year. And uh, who is that interview, Miles? So I had the pleasure, and Dave had the pleasure of meeting uh, Mr. Robbie Duncan McNeil. A lot of people know him as a great director and producer, but he first cut his teeth acting. Uh, seven seasons of Star Trek Voyager. He also played uh, a role in um, um, the He-Man Masters of the Universe live-action movie back in the '80s. Wow! So, but uh, yeah, I had a great conversation with uh, Mr. McNeil, and uh, yeah, he was, he was he was great. Yeah. Well, talking about Star Trek, we're also going to be uh, giving our thoughts on the wrap-up of Strange New Worlds uh, and also the musical episode, and then we'll talk a little bit more, um, a little bit about the writer's strike and how it's impacting. We talked about that at nauseum the last show. But we're going to talk about it in particular. How it's impacting the science fiction that we love and one of the reasons we do this show and how it's impacting that down the line. So we're going to be talking about that as well and maybe uh, some of anticipations and hopes we have for Ahsoka that's coming down the line here in just a week or so. So excited about all that. But before we get into all that, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about what's happening in our science fiction universe. So uh, Dave, can we uh, start with you this time? Well, we certainly can. Um, really, watch the last two episodes of the season for Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which we'll talk about later on. Uh, the, the season finale was probably one of the best episodes of Trek I think I've watched in a while. I loved that episode, and I cannot wait for season four. Three. 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 Yeah, season you know three what? Drops. He's so confident that season three is going to rock. He can't wait till season four, too. You're darn right. right You're right. darn right. Either that, or he, either that or he thinks that season three is going to suck so bad he's hoping for season four. No, no this ain't Discovery, so I'm not worried about it. <laughs> no, no, no. Wow. He is so wow. confident. Yep. yep. The guys in the next room can't get it together, so I'm not worried about this one at all. I'm looking forward very much to the start of that next season. He's like all the um, suckets over there. The suckets in the other room. That's right. <laughs> the, uh, really looking forward to Ahsoka next week for its uh, series premiere, which is going to be amazing. Um, 
my sci-fi world's been very thin. I've been on my PS5 quite a bit. Um, did get a little behind on the YouTube episodes of this podcast, but the last two shows we've done are now up. So Yay. go to YouTube.com, look up the Sci-Fi Diner, and give us some views, give us some follows, give us some likes, subscribe, get notified, all that great stuff you all know how to do because you're all much better at this than I am. Yeah, so um, YouTube, we are on YouTube, yeah. We are on YouTube. One thing I do want to do, and hopefully try to bring this into a regular segment. I want you guys who listen to this show. I see the numbers of downloads. I see all this stuff on here. I want to try to get people involved a little bit. I want to get some listener feedback, some listener input. So I'll bring to the show and read on your behalf since you can't be here. So to start this process off, one thing I'm going to do. I have here in my possession, I don't know if anybody collects these things or not, I won it in a raffle basket some point years ago, it's been sitting in a drawer in the container, I just want to get rid of some stuff, so I have one of the Hamilton collection. You're going to give them all your junk. Good, good no, job. this no, is no. not junk. This is a that's priceless, tre- that's this, priceless that is, treasure. This is collectible stuff that I don't collect and I don't have a need for. So, this is one of the Hamilton collection Star Trek commemorative plates for the episode Unification. For the first listener that responds to sci-fi diner podcast at gmail.com that says they want this thing, I will put it back in its original package with the official matching certificate of authenticity and I will ship it to you at no cost to you. So, Get the email in there. The first one who responds with your name, I'll get back in touch with you, and it'll be yours. Sci-Fi Diner Podcast at gmail.com. There you go. So you, you know you're supposed to email it. That's it. So email this time. And that, my good friends, is wrapped up my sci-fi world. Yeah. Well, and maybe uh, if you if they do have anything to contribute, any thoughts, they can obviously share them as well. Send them on to sci-fi diner podcast at gmail.com. And we will and uh, we comments. yeah, we'll we'll share what we'll share it in this segment here. So yeah. hey, uh so Chrissy, what's going on in your sci-fi world? Well, um I've almost finished all of my Mythic Plus runs. I have to do probably one more tonight, and then I get my mount. Um so because my, my reading is up where it needs to be. Um, took me a little bit to get into it and then I had to like wait um, for all the things to cycle through so have to do that so I'm excited there um, I have been doing my homework and watching Picard season 3 I do like it so far um, so you know it's it's very it's good I would say you know towards the upper so far towards the upper end of the standard deviation of the mean so we'll see whether or not it reaches 2 or one or two standard deviations above. So, you know, my, my classic. Um, well, you know, because, like, if you're constantly saying everything is above average, you know, then what's average at a certain point? Right, so we're just right. going to, you know, it. make it. See, he knows what I'm talking about. He knows that C's used to just be the good the good grade, and B's were when you were doing good, and A's were for when you really did well. And now... Now we don't have that anymore. I don't know why, but that's okay. I blame Oprah. Okay. But anyways. I blame Oprah. It's like, you get an A. You get an A. You get an A. Everybody get A's. But that is so true. 
It is. Um. So, and then um, because I've been watching Picard and doing my music pluses, I haven't been reading as much. But I did, and and I purposely slowed myself down to read Lightbringer by Pierce Brown, which is six of the Red Rising series, which I know Scott's not that into. I absolutely yeah. I read the read the first three books. Read the first three books. I normally normally I'm really like "Mm, I don't. Once the trilogy is over. We don't revisit it. We're done. Like, I don't care what you write. It's it's not good. We're not going to pay. You're going to ruin what you did before. Because normally that's what happens with authors is they write these wonderful books, wonderful trilogies, and then they decide to come back to it and they just ruin it. So this is why we don't watch, you know, sequels of things. Looking at you, Star Wars. Um, you know, of, of good movies. We just, just leave it be. Just don't don't touch it. It's good. You know. Sometimes you just keep adding too much salt and it will ruin the whole dish. Um, this was not the case. This has been an absolutely phenomenal um, sequel series to the original. I 100% recommend people read it if they liked the first three books. Um, I just... It was, it was really... It was even more phenomenal than the books before it. And I, I just cannot stop singing his praises. It's really, really flipping good. Um, I also read Spellmonger. Um, which I'm trying to think of the author's name of that. It's by Terry... It starts with an M. Um, his is, it's, it's okay. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Dresden Files. Kind of that kind of style. If Dresden Files was set in like the medieval period. Okay, got it. So if if you like the Dresden Files, you'll probably like Spellmonger. Um I personally like the Dresden Files a little bit more. I feel like it's a little bit more mature storytelling. Spellmonger was a little bit juvenile for me. I felt it was more written for like teenage boys. Um like it's not bad, but it, it's just a little immature storytelling. And I'm got just it. like, eh, I'm mid 30s I, I kind of over that kind of stuff i just am um maybe when i was a teenager i would have enjoyed it more but yeah but you didn't um, you weren't you telling us that your brain's still teenage so maybe you said that earlier <laughs> my sleep pattern let me let me clarify that okay. i was lied to i was told that my sleep pattern would shift out of teenage sleep pattern into adult sleep pattern by the time i was 25 and that was a vicious lie got it got it got um it. <laughs> my sleep my sleep pattern is not right um but it's it's really good um you know i, I should say it's really good but it's, it's decent and now I'm on to the three-body problem, um, and I'm going to totally mistake how to say her, her his name. Sin, Sinan Lu? I'm, I'm not sure how to yeah. say that. It's, yeah. But anyway, so I'm, I'm starting on that. Um, so that that has been my, my sci-fi world. All right. Very good. Very good. Miles, what's going on in your sci-fi world? Not a lot. They're just not... A lot of new stuff being put out. So I did see the last two episodes of Star Trek Stranger Worlds. Um, I saw a trailer for uh, season two of Star Trek Prodigy, which I think really looks good. But unfortunately, we're not sure where we're going to get it. Um, uh, what else did I... Uh, 
the the show on Amazon, uh, Carnival Row, season two is back. I watched the first episode of that. I, I enjoyed that. I think I'll probably watch that. I tried to watch uh, the new Superman animated series on on Max, and I couldn't get through the first episode. It's just the tone is just. I don't. I don't. I don't know if it's just geared towards kids or teenagers. It just. It's a little too amped up for me, and the. The voice actor is Jack Quaid, uh, the voice of Boimler. Um, he's, he, he plays Clark Kent Superman in this, and uh, uh, it's just a different tone. So I, 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 I try to watch it. I, I usually enjoy most things Superman, but I, 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 couldn't, uh, I couldn't watch this. I did uh, get a new time travel novel. It's called Time Shutter by uh, Elise Douglas. Um, I'm about uh, two-thirds of the way through that right now. So that's... That's all that's going on in my sci-fi world. I'm looking forward to Ashoka also. Um, yeah, I think that's, that, that's really a, that's down the pike. I was look, in looking at what shows are coming back, um, got me onto, oh, yeah, the whole writer's strike. That's why I think the, show, the shows I want to see aren't back. Right. Or right. come back to them. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Well, in my sci-fi world, of course, uh, Strange New Worlds, which we're going to talk about. Uh, the two episodes. Kiefer and I finished a second season of Good Omens on Amazon Prime. Um, David Tennant and um, I forget the other guy's name right now. Everyone's shouting at the screen because they know it. Uh, but they, these two actors are just phenomenal at playing off each other. And it was absolutely fantastic series. I did not like the ending uh, because I felt um, it was forced and Kiefer agreed with me that it felt forced. Um, but um, I did like the story in general. It was a very good, very good story. And there was a good twist at the end. I just, there was some parts at the end I did not necessarily enjoy. So that's Good Omens. And I did read the book Good Omens, which I had never read before by Neil Gaiman and uh, Terry Goodkind, I think is maybe that, or Pratchett, Terry Pratchett um, uh, wrote that. Um, and it, if season one follows the or the book follows uh, is the premise for season one, and they follow each other pretty closely. Probably one of the most faithful adaptations of a book to uh, TV series uh, that I've ever encountered. Um, I'm on book eight or nine of the Dresden Files, so um, maybe after I finish the next uh, twenty books, Chrissy, I will go to that medieval series that you're suggesting. That one has 15 books. Okay, so, so, I mean, uh, I have a while and I'll probably get sidetracked somewhere along the way there. But that, you know, I, side I, quests are fine. Yeah. Like, you know, we'll get to the main quest eventually. Um, I did begin a, uh, um, I did begin a, a series about these soldiers that are immortal. With a is it Charlie Theroux or whatever I forget I'm totally mispronouncing your name. I can't hear you, Miles. On it, I didn't get that. Could you try again? Sorry. It's okay. My uh, Siri went off. I can hear you guys. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I got you, Miles. All right. I can hear you. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Although it sounds like Scott's sound changed. Yeah. Are you like, okay? Are you there? There we go. Quiet now. All right. I so, was the setting on Scott's end. Did, can you hear me? Yeah. Barely. Barely. Yeah. 
I don't know why why you'd be barely here, but um, uh, it shouldn't be. Uh, let me just see where my sound's at. No, I'm sh- I should be coming through good. So you yeah. can't hear me at all. Your volume went up for for a couple seconds and it went down. Let me uh, see something here. Now I got nothing. You got nothing. There. Okay, I hear you now. All right, then we'll take that. Um, okay. Yeah, so um, anyways, uh, who is the girl? She was an in, in Flux. Um, Charlize Theron. Thank you. I cannot say her name worth a darn. I can't think of it. Anyways, she's in this one, and these these four soldiers are kind of immortal, and they can like heal. I don't know that it's a real recent movie. Um, I'm about halfway through it. Um trying to think if there's if I watched anything else. Oh, I'm, I began uh, watching season two of Foundation, which is on Apple TV. I watched the first season and uh, said, well, I don't have anything to watch right now. Maybe I'll watch it, which tells you that it was... Is that the same as the book? Yeah, so it's based on the novels by Asimov. And Asimov yeah, I, I, read, I read that. Is yeah, it- Asimov's grandson is in, has a hand in directing it, so... Oh, interesting. Maybe Maybe I will watch it so i think the 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 beauty of it is it's been a long time since i read those books and i'm like oh these are this this is nice you know but i don't have a real religious attachment to the book and having this be a faithful adaptation so i don't know how close it is you know i said that about wheel of time but then i was watching it and they kept going nope that that's not it that's that didn't happen and then yeah so to be fair i'm looking forward to season two when that drops uh because i think i'm hoping it redeems itself they were they had a they, the COVID COVID cut in the middle of that show, and then when they came back, the guy that was playing Matt Coffin, you know, he didn't he he he, had, he was he dropped out of the show because of mental health issues, which you know obviously you need to take care of that. But it did change the show, and yes, so so yeah, so uh, but I think that's sci fi world. I think those are it. I've been watching a lot of uh, League of Legends as always, um, and uh, just enjoying that as well. So. Yeah, there you go. That is my sci-fi world. Do we know when Arcane is dropping season two? Speaking no. of League of Legends. Yeah, so you know what? I thought I saw a trailer for it, but I think it may have been a fan-made trailer. So I, I've not heard. I'm guessing next year with how long it takes them to make the animated episodes. So I'm going to look this up. Yeah, you go ahead and tell us. Yeah, It is. We'll find out here for you. Because we all need some more jinx in our lives. Late, late 2024. Yeah, see, that's so, what I thought. That's what I thought. So. Yeah, as of this is as of six days. Um, release date rumors. So. Yeah. We'll, we'll just keep on checking back. Yeah. Was that a game? No, it's the uh, it's the animated series for League of Legends. Uh-huh. So it got it you got need to go it, watch it. It was it got criti- it got critical acclaim. You do not need to be a League of Legends fan, although if you are, there's a lot of Easter eggs in it for people that are fans. But the 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 show itself is really moving. Like you really they really the, the 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 girl that ends up being Jinx, like you feel why she ends up the way she does. Great character yeah, I, development. I, I think I think it's really good character development. I think it's really good um, depiction of like people's react, different people's reactions to, to trauma. Um, it doesn't like use the trauma because sometimes people will use in story writing. They'll use trauma 
to justify someone's like negative actions and that's not okay like yeah just because something bad happened you does not mean that you are not still responsible to to make good choices it might make it harder for you to make good choices but you still need to do that and still work on yourself um but it definitely shows how um someone who's gone through that and then under someone who you know raised her to be a certain way um and the difficulty it is being in that person environment being in that environment to make um good choices so you really do feel for her yeah um and you feel for her sister and and the other things and you know you see kind of like both sides of things um that's also one of the reasons why i really like the red rising series um, especially this new trilogy is you're able to see both sides of the equation and normally i don't do like this whole morally gray both sides have you know right merit because nine times out of ten authors don't write it very well like both sides very well to be very convincing um both in arcane and in this other and then lightbringer i felt they did a really good job of that i mean there was still fairly clear um what you like the author like what um they think but or even the storytelling of the um show writers think but it still made compelling arguments where you could say you know what i can understand why someone would think this way i can understand why they make these choices um and so feeling empathy for them while still holding them accountable yeah so i really like that yeah very good why don't we head into uh our uh things we're going to talk about tonight so i think first in the docket is strange new worlds the last two episodes uh, now, Chrissy, just to be upfront, you did not watch Strange New Worlds, right? I did not, yeah. but you know what? If if it's a like, I'll probably watch a music the musical episode. So yeah. just because if there's a musical episode of a show in a genre I like, I'm there. Yeah, I mean yeah. the musical. I will fully admit I did not get into Buffy the Vampire Slayer until they had the musical episode, and then I was like, I don't even know what this is, but I'm sold. Yeah, I'm watching um, it. So let's uh yeah. I'm just a sucker for me. Yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about this. And um yeah, can can I talk? Do you guys care if I go first? Go ahead. Go ahead. So I care so much. You care. Oh, yeah. I want Dave to go yes. first. Oh. Uh so I uh you know, whenever you hear down the pike that a show is doing a musical oh, episode, there are a couple possible you know, feeling is like, how's this going to go? Um, and is it, how's it going to feel? And, um, you know, how well do they pull it off? And you may, you may or may not be a musical fan if you're a Star Trek fan, but this felt very much like they, the, the singers were all strong. I felt, I didn't feel like there was really weak singers in it. I felt like they were singing. Um, I, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, favorite favorite thing was the Klingon K-pop boy band. That was fantastic, and I absolutely I'm in love. Yes, absolutely. So, um, but and Ahura and Spock just have fantastic voices. Um, I really did enjoy. Not only the premise that when they sang, they were like revealing their emotional hearts, um, and that this is something that they're trying to solve, 
Um, but I felt like it was, I felt like I was watching, I felt like I was watching an an episode of Glee a little bit. Uh, but, but a much better Glee because (laughs) of just dying inside. Look at him. Yeah, it is. But I, I really, I really appreciated (laughs) this. And let me say this. I, I go back. This is the only Strange New Worlds episode that I've watched three. And if you, Count the times I've just listened to the songs four times that I've actually watched this episode. So look at Dave's disgust. Uh, I love it. <laughs> it. It is fine because it doesn't have to be for everyone, right? It's not disgusting. Yeah. And um, he's just like, oh, it's like now. Yeah. So he's like, I'm totally not into it. Yeah, you may not <laughs> three be or four times. To, what was it? Three or four times. <laughs> three or four times. Yep. Scoffing. Yeah. So like literally, I I watch it. Kiefer goes, "You're watching this again," you know, because I've. You know, he goes, what is this? I'm like, it's Star Trek. <laughs> so, um, so I think maybe we should just start by talking about the musical episode before we get into the finale. Um, I really appreciated it. I really liked it. And there were, there were some great and funny moments because of the characters. What made it funny was you knowing these characters and then putting in these situations that would never be them made it all the funnier. That that is quite amusing. Um, I mean, do you have a show if you don't have a musical episode? I mean, come on. Yeah. So, so look. <laughs> when we found out this was coming, you know, it's our I, idea, I, Dave. Remember, I, I know it's your fault. And, and while, no, <laughs> it was. And while that was hilarious to actually see it done, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was cringing big time. I'm still I, I still don't know whether I loved it or I didn't. But I will say this. To take the, the way they took the the musical aspect of it and worked it so perfectly into a legitimate Star Trek storyline. Correct. Was outstanding. Yeah, absolutely. The character development you got out of this was absolutely outstanding. I, I, I honestly I could have done without the Klingons because that <laughs> it was, was just, just it was just silly. That was stupid. <laughs> that was just downright <laughs> stupid and ridiculous. If I'm a Klingon singing, just for it's that, gonna be I'm so- going to love it. It's going to be my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> yes. Oh, there is, are there are plenty it, of it great is my memes. Faith of the heart, right there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is my faith of the heart. So. <laughs> You know, if I'm having a bunch of Klingons singing, that's fine. But make it Klingon, guttural, he- just heavy like metal, German death metal level yeah. kind of stuff is what I'm looking for out of them. Right. Opera, yep. uh, yes, Kling, some Klingon opera looking thing. That, that that would have been on the nose, perfect. So symphonic metal, that's what you wanted. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. I'll, I'll take that. Okay, I'll take that. I'm also very interested in. Miles' reaction because his face, his faces during Scott's thing were quite amusing. Now, the part that hissed me off the most, and I, it still just irritates the living crap out of me, is the fact that again, another example how the same franchise. I know what I know what it is, company, Dave. Can I predict what you're going to say? Go right ahead. Is it? Is it Kirk? No. It's not Kirk. 
It's not no, his love I, interest. I have no lens problem flares. with Kirk in this. There were no lens flares no in it. That, no lens flares. My problem is that this <laughs> franchise, the the, the, this production company <laughs> took a freaking musical and roped it into a legit, amazing Star Trek storyline. This same group cannot make a decent season of another show in that franchise. Th- that just pisses me off to no end because you, you know, I see the potentials. You know what I say to help it? myself cope in those situations, Dave? JJ's not involved. I can't even blame him. No, I just say that clearly they maybe maybe he should be. Maybe he should. And we're just going to have to blame the interns. That's it. <laughs> You're just going to say, like, listen, they must have interns on this. I don't know what else to say. That's the the only explanation. Listen, the best the writers could honestly do right now is completely disown Discovery and tell everybody these scripts were written by AI. This is why we don't want it. (laughs) You know. Isn't Discovery Discovery canceled? (laughs) Discovery's canceled, isn't it? This is his last season coming up. Yes. Thankfully. But... (laughs) But again, outside of that, the, the way they pulled this off was absolutely outstanding. It, it, it truly was. It, it is a memorable, going to be a classic episode down the line. Oh, absolutely. It's going to have to be. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm not fanboyed like Scott was out of the deal. I'm not exactly the biggest fan of musicals, but I, I, I got to give credit where it's due. This was per- pulled off. If they release it on vinyl, magically. I'm picking it up. Oh, I'm sure, I would buy it for you. Well, thank you. If you find it, you let me know. <laughs> Send me the link. I will. Yeah, but my, my, Miles wants Miles wants Miles. the vinyl too. You can tell it. I, I'm just very interested in his his reaction. Yeah, so, so Miles, Miles, uh, let's hear your uh, awesome review of episode nine. I thought this was a steaming pile of pure genius. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. I love musicals. I don't care if people break out in song and dance. You know, I can't do it myself. Yeah. I wish I could, but it's not something I can do. So I appreciate it when people who are, who are really talented can do it and pull it off. Um, I, I enjoy community theater. I have seen many Broadway shows over the decades. A lot of my CD collection is of Broadway shows. So Star Trek and musicals, sure. Why not? Just make sure it doesn't suck. This didn't suck. Um, I, I thought I have to echo what Dave said. They told a good story. They made it plausible. You know, just there's a universe out there. They just they break off. They break out in song and dance. That's how they communicate. You know, there's Star Trek explored other strange things about that. I, I've, I've been following the memes about you know people complaining this sucked. Star Trek never had music, and Star Trek had lots of music over the decades. That's just you know uh, not true. There's um, lots of times where Data is singing. Data is singing. Uh, Hora is Hora singing all the time. Uh, Picard's uh, Spock, whistle. Bach played a lute. Uh, Riker on the trombone. Um, music played a big part of Star Trek throughout the you know throughout the series. So uh, somehow it, 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 it it's better. It's a lot better than it deserves to be. Somehow it just it, this should have been an absolute train wreck. But somehow they managed to keep this train on the tracks. And what Dave said was right as, as far as telling the story, but also somehow when these actors are singing their songs, it advances the story. It's like so, it, it, it progresses the, their stories 
moving forward. It's not just a production number. It's like this song has, um, it's going, it's for the most part, it's going somewhere. And when I heard Spock sing his song after, you know, things aren't going well at chapel, you know, it hit me in the field. Uh, that one spoke to me um, as far as just the emotion of that one. Um, and as far as the Klingons doing boy band, K-pop, it was, it, if it was a long number, I, I would probably have been bothered by it, but it was very short. It is so um, antithetical to the Klingons. Even when the Klingons starts, he starts talking and he can't get the words out. He has to just let, he just has to start singing and, and you know, his, uh, uh, his homies have to join in and dance to it. It's just, it's so, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, but it, it, it's, it's fun. It, it, it's not, it's not too long. So I can, I, I can forgive it. I give it for you know, be entertained. When you think about it, though, juxtaposition is very much how they have portrayed the Klingons. Because I, I still remember, you know, when they're talking about how, you know, a Klingon date, you know, the, the woman is like, I guess, throwing things at the guy and he's sitting there reading her poetry. So, I mean, if you think about it, it does kind of work. So, so the, well, the females are probably going to be singing your death metal and the the men are going to give you the K-pop. This is now my new theory about Klingon and their their different musical genres that exist in their culture, and it's by gender. Scott, do you remember years ago at Farpoint when they had some dance choreographer uh, doing a dance lesson on on Michael Jackson's Thriller? Do you remember that? At I all? do remember that. Do you remember the, the, the two brothers that cosplay together as the Klingons? Right. They took part in the thriller. You have Klingons doing the thriller. It, you know, that sort of reminded me of that um, when, when, I, when, I, when I saw that. I'll, I'll send you, I'll, I got the video. I sent the video saved. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll send it to you. Um, See, so juxtaposition is very much established for Klingons. I think that we can allow this. But, uh, no, this was this was a great episode. I thought a lot of these people got really great singing, great, really good voices. They must have done some singing in the past. The the, the actress plays of her, I thought she was really good. Um, I don't know if everybody in there sings. I don't know if they had some help as far as the uh, recording studio goes, but I don't care. It was it was it was very entertaining, and it still managed to tell a good story that advanced the plot and advanced everybody else's story along the way. And so, like I said, it, 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 it should have been a train wreck, but uh, the, the train made it to its destination. Oh, good. Um, the actor who played the one playing on general, uh, they brought, he's an, he, he, he played hammer. He played the, um, the, the oh. Enar engineer. They brought him back. I'm still mad. They killed hammer. Um, I, I, I miss hammer. I, I you know, but uh, they, they brought the actor first. You know, supporting role in this episode. Hopefully, we'll see him again. But, uh, um, but yeah, this was a great. This was a great episode. I'm thinking sometime we, we need. I mean, musical episodes are a lot of sci-fi fantasy shows. Maybe we'll have to do a special on the musical episodes. Someday. Yeah, our favorite musical episodes. Do you remember the Fringe musical episode? Vaguely, I'm gonna have to go now that you say that. I sort of, uh, yeah. yeah, that was also a fun one, but uh, I remember the um, was it not continuum, the uh, the one with uh, 
Um, oh, shoot. Well, we'll have to do like great, good, good, good sci-fi yeah, fans. We'll, we'll simply have to do musical episodes. There we go. Sanctuary. That's the one I was thinking of. Sanctuary. Oh, yes. They did, they did a musical episode. So, okay. yeah, I, I loved it. It was great. I mean, I, I, I've been dogging on season two of Strange New Worlds, and first half, I, I'm, they did some things I'm, I don't care for, but they seem to be redeeming themselves <laughs> these last few episodes. Yeah. Well, just so you know, for a while, it was a number one iTunes album. And when I it, bought it. Oh, you bought it? Yeah, and they I, 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 yeah. And the number one soundtrack. So just so you know, it did have an impact. But well, let's move on into the finale episode. Dave, I'm gonna let you go yes. first because this is the one that you were absolutely stoked about. Tell me a little bit about what about the finale really turned your crank. Well, it, it, I, I've always been fascinated with the Gorn. You, you see them once in the original series. They're really never mentioned much again. The only other time that in, in Trek that you really see them all is Star Trek Online. That That's really the only other time you really get to see them. So the fact now this is like the second or third time they've actually brought them in to Strange New Worlds. I, I, I love it. it. It just, they're a great villain. I mean... It's something different, and it's established already, which which is awesome. The way this whole story, this whole story ran, and the the, the climactic, you know, th- there's some high stakes stuff happening the whole time between. Uh, and again, this, I've only watched this episode once, so my in the series once, so my names are pretty bad. But the uh, the other captain love interest of Pike, you know, Rattel. Rattel, not knowing what happened to her, all the stuff with Chapel, thinking she's dead, you know, the the emotional roller coaster with it, and the the defiance to go try to find them and rescue them. And honestly, one of the biggest things that got me excited was the introduction of another loved character back into this show. Oh, yeah. Everyone's favorite chief engineer, future chief engineer, Montgomery Scott. Oh, I about jumped out of my seat when when I heard him talking and I heard that accent. I was just jumping for joy. It's Scotty! It's Scotty! Yeah, that was... That is pretty And I'm awesome. like, okay... Now we're bringing this one back. So, and then it gets me really excited where I've got, now you've got Captain Kirk, well, James Kirk back. You've got Spock. You've got Uhura. You've now brought Scotty into it. If, as Strange New Worlds makes its run, whenever that run ends, if they do not do a proper reintroduction of the original series, it will be a crying shame. I would be all for that as long as you keep JJ away. Because the guys they have playing these characters, the way these characters are developing, are very much in line with the characters we all knew and loved. 
And I have no problem at this point reinventing that show and showing us more of Kirk's five-year mission. I have no problem with that. Keeping keeping the writers and everything the same that you've got going now is just going to be would be an amazing show. So this got me really really excited. And the fact that there's a cliffhanger was disappointing and I hate that I'm going to have to wait another god knows how long now to get the, the next season, but th- that was an outstanding season finale. One of the better ones I've seen in Star Trek in a very long time. As far as the season finale goes. Yeah. Very good. Well, Miles, that's my take. Yeah, Miles, how about you? What what, what were your thoughts in this finale? I thought it was a very solid season finale, also. I thought the way they filmed it um, Captain Patel and crew are on this planet, and then her communications cut out, and then they see this big giant spaceship coming through the clouds. It was very reminiscent of. uh, Independence Day, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was. You're right. So, um, uh, so I thought it was good cinematography. Um, I'm still not thrilled what they're doing with the Gorn. I don't. I, I wish they would have called this alien race something else besides the Gorn, because in the, in the original series, the implication was this is the first time we ran into the Gorn. So we're really, so we are kind of screwing with canon a bit here, but. Be that as it may, uh, this alien race is very scary. Um, so they, they did a good job with that. Um, the cinematography was excellent. So you, the, the, the ship being in pieces, they make use of the debris to um, send a shuttle down. They they use make use of the debris to fight the Gorn with. Um, very very like a very solidly written show. I, I was stoked when I heard Scotty. I like the new Scotty. Um, you know, he, you know, he's, he's just early in his career, but he's already a miracle worker, uh, in his young career. And I, I, so I'm hoping, hopefully he'll be a regular on season three or at least a, you know, supporting character or something. Um, I suspect we're probably going to eventually, if we're going to see, if we see Scotty, eventually we're going to see bones. Um, as far as kind of doing TOS again, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Um, I mean, I, I, I do like a lot of what they're doing with strange new worlds, but um, I don't know. I mean, TOS was my star Trek. I don't, I don't know if I really want them messing with that. If they, if they do, I'll watch it because it's star Trek. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm thrilled with that. I'm, so I think we got probably have to wait at least a year for, Season three, yeah, I was the the end made me mad, but at the same time, I appreciate it. it as far as cliffhangers go, it made you wanting more, yeah. and it put Pike in a really bad spot. He was he has orders not to engage the Gorn, and he can't he can't shoot back. But he but the Gorn have his crew, and you know they 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 have him over a barrel and just uh, yeah. They made you wanting more at the end, so that that that's good storytelling. If yeah. you're mad that it ends that way, the writers did something yeah. good. Yeah. So two. Yeah, thought- you don't want a cliffhanger where you're like, I mean, if they never, if all of a sudden the show got canceled, I wouldn't care. Like that's not yeah. a good sign. 
Yeah, so it's a double-edged sword, right? Because there's shows that we've loved that had great cliffhangers, and then they cancel them, and then you're frustrated because nothing's wrapped up. So one of the things I do appreciate about this episode is it's not all cliffhanger. Like, we do rescue Pike's girlfriend, but she's infected with eggs. We do rescue... um, in a nurse chapel. Uh, and so there is some resolution to some of the things that were happening, just not total resolution so that there's still story to tell and saying, okay, how are they going to figure their, their way out of it? Right. And so I think there's, there, there's some of that. I too appreciate the Scotty introduction um, was fan. He's fantastic. The actor conveyed enough of Scotty, the original Scotty in his voice and stuff that made you say, okay, I can believe this guy, but also wasn't trying to just replicate him, which is always a challenge. Um, I think it's what makes uh, Kirk a little bit difficult to swallow in this series for me. And I'm, I'm okay with him. Right. But he's just not, uh, not quite enough Shatner in him. Um, but I don't want him to be Shatner either. Right. So there's that double edged sword, right. With it. Um, they do kind of be, <laughs> they do potentially be seeming to bring enough of the characters in that potentially we could spin off and do some, you know, original series episode type crew. Like we have a Hura, we have Kirk, we have Spock, we have, uh, Scotty. So we so have, a, that just- we, we have enough of the crew that, this potentially could spin off into something, right? Whether they should spin off into something is the question, right? Um, well, I think just, just quick clarification because I I don't I'm not watching this show, so I just want to make sure that I understand. Um, so this is still following the original timeline, correct? It's not the weird JJ whatever yes, that is, correct? About. Although okay. although don't so, get don't get Miles started because there is enough deviation in this show that Miles would say they aren't really following the prime timeline as much as Miles would like. So don't get him started. That's all I'm saying. Well, the the I mean. With larger shows, multiple seasons, multiple spinoffs, continuality can be a little bit of a difficult thing to keep track of. So is it within the acceptable deviation, as it were, for such a large um, franchise, uh, franchise to, to have these, these slight deviations? We're like, well... It actually, you know, in this episode over here, this was established here, and then they kind of changed it over here. You know, I mean, even our own timeline has, you know, continuality problems. The Mandela effect is very well documented. <laughs> um, so maybe that's what they're suffering maybe, from. Maybe, maybe. Miles, your thoughts on this. Is this within the acceptable <laughs> is this within the acceptable deviation for you? <laughs> In, in my head, this is this is happening in an alternate timeline. This is not the, this is not the prime timeline. Okay. okay, so it is beyond the acceptable deviation from the standard mean to determine that this is an alternative timeline. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, so we, I was going to ask. Or go ahead. Now, not that I have the power to designate as such. The powers that be, CBS. People that own I mean, I, I just designate all the new Star Wars is not canon. So, I mean, <laughs> I think that we do have the power. 
Well, there you go. There, there you go. Yeah. So, Miles, so with Miles' argument that this is not the prime timeline, then I then I'm all for them spinning this off into a new original series with this new crew because it's not going to be the prime timeline anyways. So screw it all. I I like these characters. <laughs> I like the Spock. I like this Ahura is fantastic. In fact, we we get more Ahura than we ever got in the original series. You know, and I just I, I'm in, I'm really enjoying these characters. And my only question, I think, in all of it is, can Kirk be a good front man for the show? And that's my question. I'm not sure I have an answer for yet. I do like him as a character, but um, I'm not sure he's quite capturing the way I'd want a front runner to capture it if we chose to spin this off into a new original series. See, I was gonna, I was gonna ask, like, would the new series just like be supplemental episodes of like, hey, we told some of the stories, but we didn't tell all of the stories of the five year thing. So here's some other stories and kind of like pepper them in together, you know. But if we're just gonna say it's a brand new timeline, we'll then go for it. Right, do all whatever. In. I mean, just, get know, JJ to direct the new series, and we'll be fine. <laughs> And you know what? Well, just for old time's sake, we'll make sure that the intro song is the Klingon K-pop. Absolutely. That would be the perfect theme song for the original series. Tear the com badge from my chest. Take all of my belong my Star Trek belongings out. And I will no longer consider myself a fan. I'll swear it off. Oh my. That's, He's gonna be like me with Star Wars. I'm yeah. like, no. I don't have oh to no, I, I will make you look like a disgruntled, dis- disgruntled employee. No. So I will um, burn it down. <laughs> all this to say, I did appreciate the the finale. Um, I felt like it was wrapped up enough for me, but still leaving room for them to, you know, go do what they need to do. So, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Anything else about the Star Trek? Are we? Uh, what else do we have to talk about here? You were going to talk about the writers' strike. You still want to do that? Tell me a little bit about the writers' strike, Miles. Well, all all it is just there's a lot of shows that um, are delayed. Um, uh, just a short list, uh, and I picked the the shows that were probably sci-fi related. Uh, the Hand, Handmaid's Tale it's their last season, but that's going to be delayed. The Last of Us on Max. Uh, Daredevil Born Again on Disney Plus. Now, this is the one I'm, I'm upset about, Andor on Disney Plus. That's going to be delayed. Cobra Kai on Ooh. Netflix. Um, and uh, it's not on the list, but this is what I was looking at, uh, The Boys, uh, the show that I um, feel bad about liking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. <laughs> um, I will judge you. No. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, it's probably not going to be out till earlier – in 24. Um, I thought it, it would have been out, you know, sometime this summer. That's what I remember it coming out last year, but, uh, and, and looking, trying to find out when, it, when this was going to start and it didn't have a definitive start date. It was just, it was something, you know, hopefully in early 24, but that's not guaranteed. Well, I, I'm perfectly fine with, with delays. If it means that the writers and the actors are getting, you know, getting what they, what they should get for their work. You know, oh, yeah. I, I appreciate their work and I think that, you know, people should be compensated for the work that they do right. in an adequate fashion. Right. Um, so I, I'm perfectly fine and content to, to wait, 
even though I don't like waiting. It takes too long. Well, so selfishly, we want our shows back, right? But but from a humanity, the, the humanity part, we want these people to be, you know, compensated to figure out the whole AI thing and figure out how this works. So, well, and and as I said on the previous episode, it's it's really not just about what's going on in their industry. I mean, some of the questions that they answer will spill over into other industries and to our larger culture. And so, I I do want them to end up on a humanistic answer, something that honors us as people and not necessarily corporations, because in the end, all of us will lose out, not just on our shows, just culturally we would lose. So keep fighting writers. We're behind you. My my fear is that this will go on long enough that the delays in production that we're looking at now for everything's going to be pushed back like a year that there'll be a period of time when everything that's in the pipe right now that's coming out is going to end. And now we're going to have months of nothing new coming out. Money gets tight for a lot of people now. I mean, the economy is not exactly the in, in the best shape in the world. And people eventually, if they're not getting new content, are going to start canceling services. And it may even be after they everybody comes to a happy median and everybody's back to work and everything's going and then now these companies start losing the money that they were going to put into these new projects and people are going to end up losing their jobs anyway and we're not going to get the stuff that we want to get yeah. that that's my well, fear well hopefully the writers and the actors have sat down and thoroughly dis- discussed and thought about their best alternative to a negotiated agreement um, and have made contingency plans for such an event. Um, I, I would hope that they had, the, you know, their guild has already come up with what they would do to move forward to support themselves. Um, because otherwise, next time that they call for a strike, they might not get it. Right. Um, so, will, you know, they they have right to self determination and they will figure it out. Um, unfortunately, this means that we may miss out on shows seasons may like you know maybe they were going to have a season four and they decide season three is it because you know too much of a backlog of other projects um so unfortunately when these things happen you know we can lose out on some really great things or like movies that got greenlit you know won't get it um anymore so hopefully we'll we'll see um and the sacrifices that must be made are ones that are worth it yeah and there's a backlog. There's a lot of stuff that's still on the streaming channels that I ha- that I thought, yeah, I, I own my checking this out, but I have not because I'm watching my other shows. So, right. you know, if 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 there's 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 still stuff to watch. It's just um, you know, just the new stuff that I watch consistently. Well, I might not see that for a year or longer. Yeah, and that's okay. It, yeah. Yes, it is perfectly fine. Yep. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Uh, anything else on the news, Spike, before we get into the uh, interview? I think it's about, I think it's good, right? We covered it. Yeah. So, uh, Dave, Miles, tell us a little bit. We're going to share an interview with uh, Robert Duncan McNeil. Tell us a little bit about how this interview came about. Where did we, where did it take place? Tell us a little bit about the premise of it before we share it. Miles, go ahead. You're the one who got the interview. I was not down there on Sunday for it. 
Yeah, so Saturday, Saturday um, who's the gentleman that handles the um, – Don Ramsey, I think. Don Ramsey. Yeah, he's like the guest liaison or something like that. Yep. So I, I, I think we went to him. And I, I, he, he knew who we were, and he said, okay, you, you're you allowed to ask these four guests uh, if they'd be open for interview. So um, I think I, I might have asked if – could we, could we ask other guests? And I didn't really get a great answer, so I didn't push it. I just figured. And they were really busy. I mean, for yeah. – they were very busy this this year. Uh, a lot of people seeking autographs from um, Grace Park and um, the two folks from uh, um, SG1 and uh, Farscape, uh, Ben Browder and uh, Claudia Black. So I would have loved to have done an interview with those, but – but 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 a lot of a lot of people there that weekend. So I went up to I, I asked the, I was allowed to ask uh, Robert Picardo. I was allowed to ask uh, Robbie Duncan McNeil. I was asked I was allowed to ask um, um, guy who played Bordas. Last name is Macon. Peter Peter Macon mm-hmm. and, um, uh, and and Aaron Douglas. So uh, I went I went went to them first. I went to their handler. There's, Listeners, if you podcast, or if you're going to do a celebrity guest interview, work with the convention. Don't just go up to the celebrity guest. There's a right way to do this. Um, follow the rules. Work with the convention. Um, it's just better that way. And if you don't get the interview, it's okay. That's not the end of the world. You want to, you want good relations with the convention and uh, uh, the people that work at the convention and even the celebrity guests. I mean, you, you put a microphone in front of a celebrity guest's face. Not, not, it's, that, that's just not very classy. So, um, I went to the handlers and then I talked to each of the guests. Most of them were amenable. Um, well, everybody said they would, it just said, look, not sure how time is going to file, but you know, check, check me when, when, you know, at such, such a time, maybe we could do it then. So I didn't get Picardo. Picardo was very busy. He was doing all kinds of stuff that weekend. I did ask Peter Macon. He said, I'm sorry, I'm just too busy. And I said, that's fine. That's fine. It's great to see you. I hope you get another season with uh, the Orville and, you know, he, you know, we shook hands and, and that's another thing. Just if you don't get the interview, it's not the end of the world. You want to have good relations with the people at the convention. They're yeah. Especially like, since they're, they're going to be the ones that want that allow you to come back the following year. Right. Yeah. 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 So. And uh, so, um, you know, just, you know, you want, you, you want to treat the convention people, the work the convention good and you want to treat the celebrity guests good. So yeah, absolutely. I went there. So um, next morning I went up to, to Mr. McNeil's table and I said, hi, we spoke yesterday. It, it's kind of slow right now. If I get an interview with you and if we need to pause, if you have any fans and want any time with you, not a problem. And he said, yeah, sure. Absolutely. And he was very, very amenable. He couldn't have been nicer. And there was a moment in the convention in, in the interview where we had to, Stop for a second because he had a, he had a couple fans want pictures or whatever, and we resumed and it was fine. So, but we had a great conversation. I didn't. I tried not to make it. We made a little bit about Voyager, but I. But the man now has a career as a producer and director, and I kind of want to talk to him about you know what, what he's done since Voyager. So we we, we delved a lot into that, and uh, yeah, I, I, I'm grateful I had a chance to meet him. Just a class act, nice guy, and. Uh, I'm glad that he had a lot of people wanting his uh, his uh, uh, autographs uh, that weekend. <laughs>
Awesome. Very good. Well, here we are. We're going to share the interview with Robert Duncan-Mendale, and then we'll be back. Sci-fi fans, we're at Shorely 43, and we're hanging out with uh, Mr. Robbie Duncan McNeil, executive producer and directing several episodes of Resident Alien. Mr. McNeil, for the last 20 years, has produced and directed the best shows on television. Chuck and the Orville, to name a few. Oh, yeah, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention that sci-fi fans know him, love him for playing Lieutenant Thomas Paris on Star Trek Voyager. Mr. McNeil, welcome, and thank you for taking time to talk with us on the no, Sci-Fi Dark Thank Podcast. you. Thank you. Good to, good to talk to you. And great to meet you. Nice to meet you. It's been, very, it's been a lot of fun this weekend at this convention. I haven't been to shore leave in 20 years. So oh, wow. It's been, it's been great, yeah. And you and, and Bob Carter have a great chemistry live. <laughs> yes, we like to... Yeah, play around with each other, for sure. It's tremendous entertainment. Yeah. So not only are you an actor, director, and producer, but for the last couple of years, you've been a podcaster as well. I just want to know, yeah. I'm a loyal listener to the Delta Flyers, uh, and listeners, you, need, you do need to check out the podcast. I love hearing you and Mr. Garrett Wong's experiences and perspective on the episodes. What inspired you and, and Mr. Wong to want to undertake such an ambitious endeavor? Well, it was really Garrett's idea. Um... He's mentioned it in years past. He's like, you know, you and I should have a talk show. Back when we made uh, Star Trek Voyager, he would joke that when we got older, we would have like a, you know, a late night talk show and we would have banter and, and interview guests. And it's so funny when the pandemic hit three years ago, um, about a month into it, he called me and he said, you know, I've been thinking about that idea. And you're always so busy, he said, with your directing and producing. But now with this uh, pandemic, you're not going to be working. Nobody's doing anything. What do you think about trying to do a podcast together? And at first I was a little reluctant. Uh, I, I didn't know if people would really listen or be interested. And I really wanted it to be... Um, I wanted to have a format and some kind of big idea behind it. It's not just us talking about whatever's on, on our minds. So we came up with a nice format and the rewatch format and uh, and all the different games that we play in the podcast and things. And it's it's turned out great. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I, it's a very. I always look forward to uh, Monday mornings when it drops. <laughs> so yeah, it's done. I'm I'm shocked at how. It's literally millions and millions of people have downloaded the podcast, which just blows me away. It really does. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's done very, very well. And it's really brought a lot of the Star Trek fans together um, with a, a real sense of community and connection, especially during the pandemic when everybody felt so isolated. Sure. It, was, it was like a convention every Monday, you know, you could... You could sit down and listen to us talk or interviews or recaps and uh, and feel connected to the Star Trek community. So it was great. They tell some great stories along the way. Um, can we pause right now? Okay, we'll pause. We'll pick it back up. Oh, hey, no worries. Great. Okay, back to work. Back to work. Thank you so much. Okay. 
When we think of hearing names like Robbie Duncan McNeil, Roxanne Dawson, and Jonathan Frakes, a lot of people's mind goes to famous TV directors and producers. But you got your start in acting. How has your background in acting helped you in your producing and directing? Well, I think that as an actor, um, you know, the, the job is to look at the character in the scenes and to think of creative ways of trying to make the most of the, the dramatic elements of that scene, you know, the, the, the conflict, the, the turns in the scene. I use that expression a lot with actors, like, what is the turn? Where does the scene shift? What happens in this scene that drives our story forward? And how can we emotionally and our performances kind of make the most of that? So I, I look at uh, scenes in a lot of ways as a director the same way I did as an actor, you know, looking for emotional values that I can amplify a way of moving the audience of making them laugh or or making them feel something um, or be afraid or you know so uh, yeah I think it's it's very helpful to to be to have a acting background and then to approach directing with those same kind of ideas in mind yeah cool huge fan of Resident Alien and Alan Tudyk um, can you tell us how you got the opportunity to produce uh, Resident Alien? Yeah, it's funny. Normally, uh, I get a job having known someone, you know, I worked with someone on the show before. For Resident Alien, I didn't know anyone. But I had read something in the, uh, the trade papers about the show getting picked up. And I, I read something about it was based on a, a graphic novel. And it was a comedy. And science fiction and comedy are two of my favorite things. <laughs> so oh, I, I really enjoy um, working on shows that make people laugh. I love comedies. I've done a lot of comedies. And, uh, and the fact that Alan Tudyk was a star of it, just all those things really piqued my interest. And so I reached out to my agent and said, hey, I'd love to try to get on this show. It sounds like something I'd like. And at first they... they they had someone else that they were talking to, and then I was persistent and uh, kept asking my agent. And eventually, I got a meeting, and uh, and they got rid of the other guy and hired me. So, well, I, I mean, Alan Tudyk, I mean, he's the right man for that part. But yeah. I love what you did with the sporting characters. Their stories are interesting, also. Yeah, yeah, it's a real ensemble show. It's you know, the relationships and characters are are what it's all about. So. Any chance you have an inside scoop when season three is going to drop? I think it's the plan is October, November this year. Mm -hmm. But this writer's strike has really, um, you know, changed the calendar for everything. So we'll see. Hopefully it's hopefully it's um, October, November. Okay. But we've filmed it all, so it'll it'll get there eventually. Yeah. <laughs> so what's new on the horizon for you? Is there a new project that we can be plugging? Well, you know, I've been doing this podcast uh, with Garrett Wong, the Delta Flyers, and that's been uh, a, a big part of my life the last few years. And we're uh, wrapping up the uh, recap, the rewatch of Voyager at the end of August, and then we're going to try to transition into something new there. So I've really enjoyed podcasting and uh, creating sort of Patreon communities with the Delta Flyers, so I'd love to expand maybe some more content there and um, other than that no the, a resident alien is really my full-time job right now getting that wrapped up and uh, 
There's some other shows that I was a part of last year. Uh, True Lies for CBS that got canceled. Directed on that and. Uh, also a show called So Help Me Todd. I did one of the first episodes there, and they keep calling for me to come back and direct, so I'll probably be back at So Help Me Todd. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's about it. I'm excited to hear that you and Garrett will still be podcasting together. That's our plan, transition into something in the same vein, but, you know, different kind of content uh, with the Delta Flyers, and who knows, maybe there'll be more podcasts or more more subjects that I could uh, create you know, Patreon and, and, and podcast content. I really enjoy that. And I get to do it at home mm-hmm. instead of traveling all over the world. That gets a little tiring after a while for filming, so it'd be nice to work at home for a while. Fantastic. Mr. McNeil, it's a pleasure speaking to you today. Thank you. interview and uh please don't forget that dave laid down a challenge earlier in this episode that we would love your feedback what you're watching but more importantly that you send an email to the sci-fi sci-fi diner podcast at gmail.com and say i want dave to give me free stuff and he will do so um so make sure you do that and um and then we'll be good to go and uh leave us some comments we'll be sure to read them out in the show and kind of you know give our thoughts on what you're saying so and we certainly appreciate you listening so. all right Absolutely. miles were you gonna say something dave no sir all right so miles <laughs> miles why don't you uh, take us out of the show here all right till next time good night and good luck we'll see ya leave your tips on the table and go boldly sci-fi diner podcast.com facebook mm-hmm. Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, Instagram, Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, and of All we course, need now is a Patreon, and they really came to this tip. Patreon.com forward slash Sci-Fi. And us the YouTube channel. YouTube. And our YouTube channel, of course. Let's get those numbers up. They're rookie numbers. We can do better. You can see all <laughs> the faces that uh, Chrissy and I make each other through this whole thing. Yep. Her rude gestures to us now and again. <laughs> what it's what really is a- lies they tell about me? I don't know what they're talking about. It's and all AI generated. It's not real. It. It's AI generated. Yeah, this is deep fake stuff. Deep fake. I will That's have right. you know. I have never flicked anyone off on this show or I dropped an, an F-bomb. I, I am an amateur video editor. I am not capable of deep fake creation. This is all real, folks. This is all real. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. Dave Dave does have robots working for him, so they could do it for him. See, I knew it. <laughs> Those things can't even drive past a railing without thinking it's a cliff and stop and I have to go run it. That's a whole different tale. <laughs> but, <laughs> yes, check it out. YouTube, sci- the Sci-Fi Diner podcast on YouTube. Let's get those views up. Click subscribe, get notified, and be part of this great community. The more you guys like it, the more we'll start putting, hopefully start putting different things out there. Leave me your feedback. Well, you know, it's 
morning routine. You get you, once you're tired enough, it doesn't. It, 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 <laughs> once you, you're old and tired. Yeah, once you're tired enough, you, you eventually, you know, exhaustion will overtake you. So, you know, it it has taken me enough to be able to just go to bed consistently at like between eleven and twelve. Because normally, up until this point in my life, my brain has been like, well, it's midnight, so clearly we need to think about all all these things. And I'm like, it's bedtime. Night has fallen. Yep. I was viciously lied to. I was told that my brain would go back to a normal person's at 25. Ten years later, it's still on teenage time, and it has not returned to a normal person's time. Like, my brain just doesn't wake really fully wake up until 9 a.m., like that's when it starts firing off and it says okay we're awake we're we're doing things so i usually if i can i like get in at like 8 30 for my work because the first half hour of any work day is usually just you know getting coffee whatever it is it is (laughs) it is my most productive too like literally after i'm done walking my most productive is before anyone else shows up once people show up all, all hell breaks loose yeah, but it's like, okay, I'm going to, like, get a coffee. Thing. But as soon as 9 o'clock hits, my brain turns on and I'm ready to go. That's why I don't schedule things until 9 a.m. Sounds like you need Red Bull in the morning and a couple of good shots of Jack or something at night to put you to sleep. I can't take shots of Jack at work. You can do it at work? What are you talking about? That's just lack of imagination. You're trying to say you can't. Yeah, yeah, this is coffee I'm drinking. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Irish coffee. Yeah. Um, well, Dave, I... teacher looks like he's half-loaded half the day anyway. I, I do have a problem, Dave. What's and this? My, my problem is that my prep... You get, guess when my prep is? Block one. No. Block four. Worse, block four. Like, if, like block four, my brain's like, okay, I'm done and out the lunch. And they expect me to prepare for the next day. Yeah. Sounds like it's a good time to go hang out there in the esports room. Yeah, I don't know if I'll, I'll, I'll do something, but I'll, I'll <laughs> guess. I'll, I will get work done, but yeah, it's going to be rough. Wow. How long are you down for? Oh, for, <laughs> you know, down. I'm down forever eventually. Um, the, um, I am down. So they said like a few days. So I'm taking Thursday off. So we start the 28th, 28th, 29th and 30th. I'm in school parents night. And then 31st is when my surgery is on Thursday. I should be back at school by the next Tuesday. Unless something is haywire. I'm unrestricted I'm, lifting. Like I'm not supposed to lift for like ten. Like if, it's like a month of ten pounds. But so so if um, so, you should know that anesthesia typically um, can cause depressive like symptoms, especially a month out um, if you've not had surgery before. So if at the end of September you're just very moody and um, down it's probably just the anesthesia leaving your system um it is after all a depressant i was gonna so, say that's typically my normal september after i start working <laughs> so, um, <laughs> um so uh, so if this is my normal and that just adds to it god help Kristen and Kiefer. that's all i'm saying 
Yeah, well, it, it just might be something to be to be mindful of, um, that that it can alter your mood. Um, now, some people it just you know because it, it can stay in your system for a while, and because it is depressant, obviously it's going to depress your system, and so you may find yourself just much more moody and cranky, and so try my recommendation would be to try and not schedule like really stressful things and maybe just not do a whole lot of events in september if at all possible um so okay <laughs> that's that's just my my mental health thing no no and i do appreciate that um unfortunately i can't not go to work <laughs> but i mean if i want to avoid stress but um well i Sometimes it's also very helpful to just know, like, what's causing. I think your, that I think as long as there's an awareness of it, so right, and and that way, like, when you're upset about something, and then you can be like, "Is this? Am I having an incongruent response to this thing?" And then you can be like, "Oh, this is the anesthesia. I'm I'm not really this upset about this thing. Like, I I should just go manage my emotions and go be by myself for a while, and I'll be fine." I think it's most. Not really I think deal. most people know me that if I get upset, there's really something causing me to be upset. Because I rarely ever, ever get upset. It takes a lot. So, you, well, you know, so if I irrationally do that, then yes, that'll be a huge red flag. Well, that will be your lovely. Um, yeah. So, just this morning, you. It almost tempts me to try to figure out what can get Scott really upset. Listen, we're not doing that to him as an experiment. <laughs> yeah. That's not fair. Let's wait till after school starts. After school's out. After school's <laughs> I'm sorry, Scott. I did not mean to give a man. Yeah, to great. Suddenly, you. Dave and Miles are on a mission. Um, I, Miles uh, owes you a few, I'm sure. <laughs> so, I, um, I am certain was, he does. <laughs> I, I am also having a minor um, surgery at the end at, on September first, so that will be fun. Oh yay! Yes. So what we need to do is, um, so like right like after which, we should schedule what hospital a show. are you going in? Uh, we, <laughs> yeah, Ephrata. Uh, you know what? I'm going to Ephrata too. You know, we, we could just you know partners, me, like, right? Hey, how are you? Yeah, sci-fi so, diner hospital on location. There we go. Yeah, we can do the sci-fi <laughs> diner on anesthesia. It'd be great. Yes, oh, like yes. in post recovery, <laughs> like we're gonna start recording a show and have the two people who are anesthesia won't remember what they're saying. Let's ask them some questions. That's right. I've been recording all this. It's gonna be bonus material at the end now. Oh, I yeah, started recording so. the moment we got on because you never know where this yes. conversation goes. You never know what exactly. Jen is gonna say. You never know. Yep, um, there's been plenty of exits that, like, after the show, if you stay tuned and continue to play it, there's a lot of nice conversation happening. <laughs> About random stuff. I didn't.